In an exclusive interview with Find Out Why, Zoe Papekonomou, an Amsterdam-based investigative journalist, author, keynoter, media educator and diversity advocate, shares compelling insights into the practices of inclusive journalism. In the discussion that follows, Zoe answers timely questions. How mainstream media outlets can foster a culture of belonging where everyone's talents are nurtured and celebrated? What tools chief editors can wield to practice inclusion? Why inclusion strategies at the center of media workforce, workplace and marketplace can significantly affect both the content quality and the audience's expansion? Finally, Zoe outlines the importance of new media education and today's information world and the challenges of the online culture of anger and hate at specific social media platforms. Stay tuned, because today we look at the decisions involved prior to the news production and hopefully we are one step ahead on deciding what we should look for during our media consumption. How would you describe your work? My work is primarily focused on uh, diversity and inclusion within the mainstream media. And, and I better, I must maybe say the lack of uh, diversity and inclusion in mainstream media. What you see is that uh, the media profession, so many journalists that work in mainstream media, they're a very homogeneous group. It's quite male, it's white, um, but also um, from a middle or upper class. What I'm focused on is what this means, that there's such a homogeneous group working in media and, and deciding what we see everywhere, uh, what that means for the coverage. Mm -hmm. And let me say that in general, I think they all, of course, mean well and do their best to deliver uh, thorough um, stories. But there are a lot of differences between individual journalists. Uh, for example, if, if I cooperate uh, with an interviewer, not depends for me also on the journalist not even which a paper or whatever he or she's from. I would always uh, be curious what kind of articles uh, they wrote before, for example, um, because it differs a lot how people work and what their viewpoints are. How would you describe the mainstream Dutch media landscape? A quite conservative profession. Mm -hmm. They've been working in a certain way for a, a long time and um, you see this also in something like adapting online coverage. This was very difficult for a lot of television and newspaper outlets because they, they just wanted to work the same way they were always working. And now they had to think about online. And it took a long time for, for quite some of the, the media outlets in the Netherlands. So they're conservative. They don't very much like change. Mm -hmm. I think what's also important is that they are very short term focused. This makes sense, of course, as well, because they're news, news people. <laughs> so they like to make their piece and then it's finished. And yeah, so we can move on to the next. And if you are talking about uh, diversity, um, which I'm convinced of, it makes your news better if you have a diverse coverage in all sense, uh, in all kinds of ways. And diversity and inclusion are actually very long term processes. You mm. need patience. It needs attention all the time. Um, so that's difficult 
also if I can maybe name one other, which is also quite important, I think it's an arrogant professor. They're quite arrogant. Uh, they are very used to reflect on everything <laughs> because that's their job. They're, they're researching and reflecting on, on power, uh, powerful institutions, uh, society, but they're not really used to being reflected on. That makes it very difficult when people have criticism or talk about diversity. They're easily offended mm -hmm. and push back. Are they transparent? Uh, there should definitely be ways that you can share uh, your, your information and story as a journalist while also explaining how you have come by um, uh, your sources and content. Uh, that makes it, for me, more trustworthy if people do that. And, and this is lacking in the Netherlands. So when I discuss this with, with colleagues, uh, many of them are really like, yeah, but that's boring because we are storytellers and uh, why do we have to tell the public what we exactly did? But I am convinced that a trustworthiness of content is will be, and I definitely hope it will be, getting more important. There, there's no explanation about why you contacted this or that source. What has to change in order for Dutch media to reach that point of openness? I feel one of the... the um, the main things that we should lose as journalists uh, to, to, you know, be a little bit more humble in, in, in how we present ourselves and how we work, because we are also people. We have our own prejudices. We have our own thoughts about life and uh, we shouldn't claim that we are neutral or, or, or know how it works. We also do not have a clue. And um, if we would be chief editor of the NOS, which is the biggest news uh, we, we would bring totally different news than the current chief editors. And it's not that said that our news will be better, it will be different. The reason I'm so critical is because I really love journalism and I feel it's really important. But I feel that we can do a lot better. We need to evolve ourselves all the time and be critical in our ways of working. Do you see a shift towards freelance journalism? So a lot of people I know that are free, freelancers, uh, they... They chose to be freelancers because they wanted to have freedom and they wanted to have the freedom to bring uh, news or information in a form or in a way that they feel is more in-depth and more informative as, as they have the possibility in mainstream media. There are, there are a lot of rules and mechanisms in mainstream media that, that also make it a very um, less creative. I mean... When I'm thinking of it right now, I, 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 I have difficulty breathing. I mean, you, you cannot breathe because it's, you have to do it that way and that way. And the story is built up like that and it should always be like that. Well, who says it, it has to be like that? There are many ways to build up a story. It's difficult to experiment. And it's also difficult to experiment because there's never time. It's not the richest profession in the world. Uh, nowadays, the, the tagline of news media is often quick and a lot <laughs> so they're they want to have content all the time because it works online to have a lot of content and they want to be the first and that makes it that that people working there have to be focused on just producing a lot so there's not time to research it very thoroughly uh, that's why they copy a lot from other uh, news outlets and um, i think many people who go into journalism didn't have had a different <laughs> concept of or idea that what they would do while working there so it is definitely a reason why people choose to be freelancers. Also because the profession is quite, um, it, it, it's getting smaller actually. So there's, there's less work. That's also a reason. 
freelance journalists, at least many of them that go uh, their own way and have their own platforms, they are quite they are quite honest about how they work and the perspective they have. And they are followed by people because of that perspective and the way they work. That's why they get followers. And for me personally, it has to do with the stories I want to tell and the perspectives I want to choose within these or want to want to showcase within these stories. Uh, in a lot of places, there were, wasn't room for these kind of stories or perspectives. I knew when, when uh, Anne Brecht Dijkman and I uh, wrote Heb je een boze moslim voor mij, for me, I was already... I had said my goodbyes to the mainstream media because I, I was a kind of a whistleblower as I'm so critical. It makes it difficult. You mentioned that the profession is getting smaller. I believe you refer to job opportunities within commercial media outlets. What about non-profit organizations that support investigative journalism through funding? Is that a viable alternative? In my experience, the, the journalist funds you have, they don't have a lot of rules. And they're also, some of them are also quite old school in, in how they judge who is getting funding. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I also am quite critical of investigative journalism in the Netherlands in the sense that there are a lot of, there's a lot of interesting research being done, but it's also, everything has to be revealing. So you have to reveal something. So if you want to apply for a fund, you have to show what you're going to reveal. But the thing is, you often don't know. And it's always based on something with government or something. Or money, other yeah. things like that. And it's very important. Don't get me wrong, but there are, very, there are many different ways of uh, revealing stuff. And revealing stuff about uh, diversity and inclusion is considered less sexy and interesting in general. What does the audience miss when there is not diverse and inclusive media content? For me, inclusive journalism should be just journalism because journalism should be inclusive. As an editorial group, it helps if you are more diverse. And, and I do find that very important, especially if you look at the Netherlands. We are a country where, for example, in Amsterdam, um, I'm part of the norm. I'm part of the norm in the sense that I am bicultural. Uh, however, in Amsterdam television, most people that work there are not bicultural. Mm -hmm. So I would take you more seriously as a, as a media outlet if you have these kind of diversity in. But it also has to do with diversity in perspectives. Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference between having a diverse workforce uh, and inclusion in the sense that if they have to do what everybody is doing already then there's no difference. There's no difference. Exactly. Yeah, it's the same. If you say that you are a journalistic outlet and you want to report on society, then I feel you should always try to be inclusive because otherwise just call yourself something different. <laughs> But do not pretend uh, you are a journalist or a journalist company that is trying to portray society because then you are not even trying. Do people trust media in the Netherlands? There is definitely an issue with trust. I mean, it's, I think in one survey, it was one of the least trusted institutions in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. you know, like under church and, and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, I do feel that a lot of people uh, take their news from mainstream outlets as well, depending on mm -hmm. the age group. What about the role of social media? So you have a certain group that is quite old school and watch linear television and stuff like that. But I think definitely, I think maybe under 50 and especially the younger groups, they watch news via social, social media. Is that a safe alternative for the quality of news consumption, turning 
to social media. I do feel that uh, the education of the public uh, from an early age is very important. This, how do you choose your news sources? I do think it's really important, and that's also what I did for quite some time with my company was giving education to children, also also grown-ups. I mean, I feel that there's um, it's very important from a young age to know how information online works. What would be your advice for our listeners? I think, well, at least to, to, to check different kinds of news outlets is already a start because you see how news is described from different perspectives. And I have in, in the Netherlands a few uh, more investigative journalistic focused platforms or more focused on diversity that I just follow, like One World. Well, I'm writing myself for New Wij, of course. You have the Groene Amsterdammer, Vrij Nederland. 360 is also in, uh, interesting if you're talking about international pieces. But I would also recommend in following individual journalists or independent or within these bigger, yeah, bigger mainstream media. I think we also live in a in an era, it's also also good to focus on individual journalists as well. Then you know their work and you know their perspective, so you also know what you can get. But if you want to have all different kinds of perspectives, you just need to follow different kinds of news out, outlets. But it's good to know what kind of outlet it is, so where the information is coming from. And the fact that they say they're neutral, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything because there aren't. Which social media outlets do you use? If you're interested in my work, follow me on LinkedIn because that's basically my biggest social media platform. So is it only LinkedIn? If you speak out uh, on uh, racism, discrimination, power abuse, it attracts anger and hate. I also sometimes think about what I'm saying, especially if, if, I'm, uh, if I'm speaking at bigger platforms. I will ask them, please do not put anything on Twitter because... For me, and especially a lot of other people that are are uh, more public figures than I am, it, it's horrible. It's really horrible. Many journalists do not understand because they're not experiencing that themselves. That's still a difficult thing to talk about because people just don't want to believe it. They're more like, yeah, but for everybody it's difficult who's outspoken, but there are differences. What are your projects currently? So I'm working on a new book. This is about uh, the diversity professional. So um, people who are diversity officers somewhere or have diversity in their dossier at HR or something like that. And I'm, doing, I'm doing this together with Kalfar Buschelik. So we are interviewing people who are diversity professional or researchers that research this field to, to show, showcase their experience, but also to combine that with research and also make a practical, constructive book for managers and people who want to know more about how you can make a, a organization more diverse. So that's a long-term project. Inclusion is not a process that can be standardized. I mean, there's not one road to inclusion, but it's good to, we want to have a, a lot of, yeah, a lot of indicators and practical examples with what you can do. Also, of course, so I, which I mentioned, I make Bontewas podcast and I'm working also on a bigger project about online discrimination, which is called Dat Meen Je Niet. Are you kidding me? Something like that. Uh, and that's to see if we can create with upstanders a new norm of how people interact with each other because there's a lot of discrimination online. That's also very interesting to do. So you probably know more for find out why.